Every leader has a strategy. Executing on that strategy is the challenge. If you want to learn how to effectively achieve what you've set out to accomplish, then this show is for you. Gain keen insights and listen in as leaders share their stories and challenges. Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation welcome you to Leader Dialogue Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Leader Dialogue, brought to you by the SOAR Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation. I'm Duffy Dixon. Joining me is Ben Sawyer. Hello, Ben. Hey, Duffy. How you doing? Ben is the Chief Executive Officer of SOAR Vision Group. You have more than 30 years of executive leadership experience. You actually launched SOAR Vision Group to help align people with purpose and to achieve exceptional results. I love that. That is a good strategy uh, line in and of itself. Next to him is Jennifer Strahan, the Chief Operating Officer of SOAR Vision Group. Jennifer has partnered with over 100 health systems and businesses. That's all across the U.S. You go in and actually help them transform their strategic and their administrative in, in administrative options operations oh my gosh we're already starting <laughs> off great aren't we yes. so it's been so we are happy to be back together we have a whole series of new shows for our listening audience um, we're really excited we are continuing this week on what we like to call the deep dive mm-hmm. so we had the opportunity to talk with someone from the lee health system now that's a huge system right in florida right. southwest florida right fort meyer I mean, seven hospitals, this is, you know, they are the game in town. They, they've got it going on, but they are taking part in this transformation and want to use part of SOAR Vision Group and also the Baldridge Foundation. So this week's guest, this is going to be great because someone helping you with Lee Health System is Monica Ray. She is the CEO and the president of Danu Solutions. Performance Solutions. Danu Performance Danu Solutions. Danu Performance Solutions. Now, th- so that you get an idea, I'm really I'm I'm doing great today, aren't I? Yeah, it's great. It's no problem. So <laughs> it's Friday. It's okay. So this is so this is the best way to describe Monica. She is part of she is an alumni of the Baldridge, you know, way of doing things, and she is one of the best. I mean, best Baldridge mm-hmm. examiners there is. She has helped people go through this. She's also gone through it. So she likes to say she can see this through a 360 view, how it is to go through the Baldridge Foundation, how it is to help people. That's pretty unique isn't it yeah so monica talk to us a little bit about that because jennifer and i have so valued you and pat lapica's collaboration as shared coaches with the lee health journey so for the listeners just explain a little bit more about what danu performance solutions is and does and kind of the 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 background if you will of you and pat sure and thank you everyone i'm so excited to be working with all of you it's it's just really fun um, it's exciting time in the performance excellence world. Um, so my colleague, Pat Lapikas, and I have, as Duffy said, are both alumni examiners with the National um, Baldridge Board of Examiners for the award program and the performance excellence program. And we've been doing this for well over 15 years as examiners. Both of us um, started on this journey in our own organizations where we were both tapped to um, lead, be integrally involved in the journey that um, I was at Heartland Health at the time and Pat Lapikas was at um, Premier. uh, And we just became immersed in the Baldridge program, um, coming up through the ranks as what we like finally call newbie examiners, just learning what the framework is all about and how to apply it. Um, to participating on teams and evaluating other organizations, 
um, to editing feedback reports um, on up through. Uh, Pat serves, has served as a judge on several state um, performance excellence programs. So, you know, we are steeped in the Baldridge program, um, beginning with our own organizations and applying the principles there. So, so Danu came about, I'm sorry, let me... No, please, go ahead. The question was, yep. how did Danu come about? So um, uh, Danu Performance Solutions came about out of the passion for the performance excellence framework and realizing how much it helps organizations. So we have um, come together to create a way that we can assist other organizations on this journey to realize the kind of um, impact that we did on our own organizations and, and what we see other uh, organizations who are on the journey going through. So we know that we have experience and skills that can help other organizations in optimizing their outcomes, and that's what we try to do. So what's interesting about this particular journey, Monica, the accelerated journey, is we've had an opportunity to now collaborate together with you guys as the experienced architects that have pretty much seen it all and mm -hmm. and uh, SOAR which is coming along to provide the, the strategy execution system and processes to be able to supplement and support um, that transformation um, journey so as it relates to that and kind of we'll get into some introductions about what the Baldridge um, categories are and linkages, what are some of kind of your initial observations and thoughts about that kind of a collaboration as it relates to the accelerated journey at Lee Health? You know, I have to say, um, Alex Dineshman was very um, visionary and, and wanting to accelerate this journey and, and finding a way to do it. Um, I think it's very exciting because one thing that is so daunting to organizations is the amount of time it takes to um, really adopt the Baldridge framework, the performance excellence framework, as a way of doing business. It just takes time, and it takes a lot of focus and very intentional work. So by us, by Daniel Performance Solutions and SOAR partnering together to do this, it's the best of both worlds, where you guys have just tried and true techniques and tools to move things faster, and we can link that to the performance excellence framework and really you know move the dot much faster than i've seen other organizations do so monica this is jennifer i just wanted to chime in for a second because it's we're talking a lot about the baldridge performance excellence framework and i know we talk about it every week on our show but i think it would mm -hmm. be really good for us to kind of step back and remind maybe not just listeners but new listeners what that mm -hmm. is and why do people actually pursue the baldridge uh, journey. What is the Baldridge Performance Excellence Framework? Can you maybe give just a one minute or less um, overview of just what allows people to do that before we even get into criteria and such? I think that would be helpful background. Sure. So um, the Baldridge Excellence Framework actually um, was initiated as a way to promote American business at um, from uh, at the national level. It is a it's a systematic approach to how you do every aspect of your business from leadership through to the results and everything in between. So it's, it's very comprehensive, it's not prescriptive, but it gives you the guidelines that you should follow. And also, what do you need to do to mature and become better at what you do? Perfect. 
Perfect. Thank you. So if we connect that back to essentially, I want to bring listeners to our organizational hierarchy of needs and then connecting that to the performance excellence framework, because obviously that's where this beautiful marriage between the Baldridge Foundation and SOAR Vision Group, I think, came in as well, was seeing just the connectivity between those efforts. Um, and, and so if you think about, and this is for our listeners, but then please chime in on this as well, Monica, if you think about our performance excellence framework, essentially if you start at the bottom and frame it as a pyramid, it's a very strong base and foundation around colleague engagement, um, which essentially allows every organization to say, how do we optimize our business? How do we make sure that we can deliver effectively to our patients or customers, depending on the business line we're in, uh, and making sure that we're actually giving them the service they need, when they need it, how they need it, et cetera. So that fits into that next layer, which is operational effectiveness. Those two things together allow us to think about how do we make sure we're meeting customer needs and providing maximum value to customers, which allows us, if we're doing those things, we should essentially be able to achieve successful financial performance. And that allows us, with the collective um, actions of all of those things, start to talk about our strategy execution. Are we actually doing what we set out to do operationally according back to that that strategy? So connecting that back, because you talked about this briefly, you said that you know from leadership to results, those seven categories of Baldridge, they do tie directly back to that hierarchy. And that hierarchy has also been something that we've been able to evolve and make sure it's, it remains very consistent. But leadership, of course, is one aspect, the first category of Baldrige that tack, uh, goes through every single layer of the hierarchy, as well as another important component, which is around measurement, analysis, and knowledge management. So how do we make sure we actually are managing? I like how you all, uh, commonly say management by fact is one of those terms, mm -hmm. and not just by our gut feel, which I think we often do, because it just feels like a pain. So it's what we respond to. I like management by fact a lot better. That would that would eliminate a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. <you>? That's right. <laughs> if only exactly. we, we could just manage by fact every time, everything would be great. I'm going to start my parenting style by that too. Let's <laughs> 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 see if that works. <laughs> the other side, so the other categories though are of course strategy, which has a, a direct alignment. Um, customer, which has a direct alignment to the hierarchy. The workforce, directly back to the colleague engagement. And then of course operations ties back to operational effectiveness. So all of those things fit in beautifully and they really have a very direct li uh, line straight to category seven, which is the most important category, which is around results. So Monica, maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the key things you would pull out of there in terms of maybe where should people focus? Where do you start when you're looking at seven different categories? Do you start with a little bit of each of it? Do you start with one piece and one, spa one spot? Is there a prioritization? Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, sure. So, it, it, you know, that's a very interesting question about where do you start because that's one thing about this framework is everything is integrated and you cannot optimize your results until you get the six process categories, which are leadership, strategy, customer, um, knowledge management and measurement analysis, workforce and operations all working together. So it's hard to say, say to start on one versus mm -hmm. the other because they all need to kind of evolve and mature at the same time um, to get the, the best results. Having said that, there, you, know, you have to have leadership that can communicate clearly and they have to know what to communicate. So you have to have clear strategy. Um, so if I had to say you, you need to start someplace, it would be there to really um, 
work with your the leadership team to know what is your business what are we you know what is what are we trying to do with our mission vision and values um, and then strategy we have to know what we're trying to mm-hmm. achieve um, and communicate that clearly so Monica it sort of reminds me of the analogy of you know you pull on a thread in a garment and you, you, you pulled there, but it's unraveling in some other part of the, <laughs> yes. part of the garment. Exactly. I mean, that's, so it's all, it's all interconnected. And one it of, is. one of the connection points is even if you're clear as an organization, what your organization is and what your strategy is, the question is, do you know your customers well enough mm-hmm. to be able to actually win or succeed? So talk to us a little bit about that connection, how this isn't just internally focused but actually quite and intentionally externally focused. It's very um, critical in um, building um, a successful organization to know what the needs of your customer are. And um, the whole um, category three, which is around customers, the, the bulk of that is understanding what your customer requirements are. What are their expectations? Because you can have the best strategy in the world from sitting in a boardroom, but if it doesn't meet the expectations of your customers, it's not going to go anywhere. So you really do have to take the time and effort and energy to understand not only to, to understand who your customers are and then not make assumptions about what they need, but really dive in to understand what do they want from you? What do they expect from the services you offer? And then design your systems to meet those needs. Yeah, so um, let's just, un- this is a deep dive, so we're going to unpack that just a titch. Um, so from the standpoint of uh, customers, and particularly in healthcare, why is it difficult sometimes for us in the healthcare world to to do that, to essentially do that kind of assessment to understand what, what customers and patients really need? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, it, it's much more complicated than people would and people typically think on the surface is they think, oh, well, you know, because we're people people, we like to treat everyone as customers. Right. So, you know, I want to say that my colleagues mm-hmm. are customers. I want to say that, you know, the families are customers. The patients, of course, are our customers. Right. That our vendors let's are our customers. Let's be inclusive. Let's <laughs> yes, let's I'm a people person. <laughs> but what you really have to get to is what is the core of our business and who are we trying to serve? Whose needs are we trying to meet? Um, in healthcare, one of the biggest contentious um, groups to define are physicians, mm-hmm. our medical staff, because um, historically we have um, treated uh, the medical staff as customers. And really, when you get down to it, are they really who we're trying to serve, or are they our partners, or are part of our workforce in uh, delivering the care and services to meet our customers' needs? So that's something that each organization has to wrestle with, but it's not as clear-cut as one might think. But I'm so to differentiate. I'm so glad. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm so glad to hear you say that because we miss that a lot. And I know it, it's an interesting dynamic in healthcare because. We have a lot of payers, right? It's not just the patient who's coming in and, and paying. We've got actual mm-hmm. payers and government payers and commercial payers and non-payers. <laughs> but then we also think about our physicians because from a hospital standpoint, they say, well, they give us referrals, they bring us our business. So there is that aspect of needing to connect with them. But we, I think it goes back to the core question of what you just asked, Monica, and that is, what is our core business? And we're not in business per se, and I know this is probably a um, sensitive way to say this, but 
you know, it's not to necessarily serve a physician, it's to serve the patients. And our physicians are in their careers to serve patients. That's why they selected those careers. So I think it's such a, a pivotal point because it makes a difference in how do we treat our physicians. We treat them like colleagues and we treat them, we should treat our colleagues with respect and all the other wonderful things that we should treat them as. But I think that's that partnership that sometimes we lose when we, we get so caught up in, are they a customer or are they, you know, an, uh, they may not be an employee by direct employment, but they can still be a very valuable partnership with colleagues. So let's just give for the listeners a practical example of this, right? Um, so in, when you're doing process redesign, you have to choose which customer group you're going to optimize to, right? So in healthcare, for example, if the physician is the customer, then wherever they want to sort of set up shop within your your structure uh, and how they want to be able to arrange that, you want to attend to because they're the customer. Now that may mean the patient is wandering all over the facility trying to find them because right. it wasn't, the system wasn't designed to help the patient. The system was designed to make it easy for the physician to park, to get in, to be able to, right? right. But, but that that could be completely out of what the patient wants. So so this discussion actually is really important for organizations as they identify who they are, is like, who really are our customers that we're optimizing our processes for? Monica, uh, your thoughts on that? You're absolutely right. And just, um, you know, it's interesting because when, when you first go to an organization to assess them as a um, performance excellence a consultant. You can just see all kinds of things about the organization that reveal their culture. And one of the first things you can see is when you're walking up to an organization is who has the front row parking spots. And right. that gives you a good idea about who they think their customers are. Wow. So if I've, your front that row is parking so true. spots are all physicians, <laughs> um, you know, that tells you that mm, they may not have the customer's um, needs, their patients and the patient's family needs at the forefront. Um, and it might need you know, some realignment. So just a, a small example of how what we do in things that you do not think are related to delivering patient care, the core of our business, um, you know, reflects. So parking spaces are even an indication of how you value your customers. Right. And this delineation, by the way, of patients being the customer, not the physicians, doesn't mean that you're not serving the physicians well. I think, Jennifer, you just talked about that. They're colleagues. Right. And therefore, you treat them well, you treat them with respect, right. you make sure oh, you absolutely. attend to their needs. But it actually makes a big difference that, right, Monica, that you choose who you're actually going to be optimizing your organization for. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, and I don't mean to be just singling out physicians. It's, it's all of our other um, uh, groups of people that we work with to deliver our to deliver healthcare. I mean, it, you know, if you see uh, payers as your customer, then that changes how you approach the work that you do. If you see vendors as your customer, that would totally change how you approach the work you do. So it's you know, so it is. It's just um, you have to be thoughtful about how you define what you're doing and who you're doing it for, because it impacts every aspect of how you deliver that. Mm -hmm. One yeah, of the things that's, that that comes to mind is it's almost that it's a negative connotation when we think about a customer. It means that we're prioritizing them over others. And I think that's a, an interesting 
perspective to maybe maybe we break down a little bit because just because you're a customer doesn't mean you're more important in any one way or the other there's a book out there which is um, again kind of one that's a little controversial called patients come second and the premise behind it is that if you treat your your employees with everything that they need you give them what they need to be fulfilled and do their job well they will treat patients in the same way Um, And so I think that's something that just because you come to the conclusion to say our physicians are not necessarily our customers, that doesn't mean they're not critical players in your game. That doesn't mean they're not very valuable or that one is more important than the other. They all have a different lens, a different focus from what it is we're trying to achieve and how we use those individuals in with their talents and their skill sets in the ways that maximize them to be again fulfilled but at the same time to fulfill the mission of the organization so that brings up a particular question monica that i've been wanting to ask in this conversation which Mm -hmm. is so why is it important for an organization as they're defining who they are to to have great clarity on their customer Why, why is that so important It, it absolutely impacts everything from um, your strategy and how you execute on that to who you hire in your workforce to deliver the services to those customers to and um, you know to what information you need to do your business it, I mean everything about how you do your business should resolve you know should have a focus on getting the outcomes that you want in serving your your primary or key customers. I mean, it, it just impacts everything. So you use the term focus, and I, I really appreciate you bringing mm-hmm. that term up because we're talking about something that is inherently complicated and yet requires focus at the same time. So as organizations go through the Baldur's journey, how do you and Pat coach them to be able to sort of handle both of those tensions? You know, um, when you start out on the journey, it often feels very messy because you're trying to, it's transformation is messy. Um, But we try to help them by bringing clarity around the work that you're doing. And it begins with really understanding who the organization is and what you're all about. And then moving into really understanding um, some key aspects of your organization um, organized around the, the six Baldrige categories that we mentioned before, um, the leadership strategy and so on. Um, so by, by coaching organizations to first clearly understand their current state and, and who they are and, and how they do business, then we can help them move to a future state of, um, you know, using the performance excellence framework, which, in, which is really a maturation model. How do you how do you become a more uh, mature organization that gets um, higher order results? Um, so we we use the framework and the criteria to help them get to the next steps and move the organization to the next level of performance. And so we just focus them by focusing on what it's going to take to meet the intent of the criteria. I have a question. Since mm-hmm. you said you can't do one of these things before the other, a lot of things these things are going to happen at the same mm-hmm. time. Once you have that strategy and once your leaders, you know, have that clear, concise thing they're going after, at what point in this transformation do you let everyone in on the plan, those frontline workers? Because as you said, when I go to the hospital, the first people I see are not the physician. 
it's the person greeting me or it's mm -hmm. the person who walks me back or the person who outlines what I'll be paying. So how early on, once you have your strategy, should you let everyone in on that? Or is there, do you, do you wanna make sure you have everything else in line? Because the, the, because you're still operating as mm -hmm. you're doing this, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, this is this is something we get asked all the time, and it, it really is dependent on the culture of the organization. What I will say is, um, you know, the Baldridge program and the Baldridge framework, it you know, it does have an award associated with it, um, and people get confused with talking about we're applying for the Baldridge Award versus we're on a journey to become excellent. And so I believe and both Pat, uh, my colleague and I that works with me, um, believe that it is best to let the front line know that we are, we are transitioning, we are transforming to become excellent. It doesn't matter really to the front line how you're doing that. They just need to know that things are changing. They are striving for that, that gold bar, you know, that gold star. Um, and to expect that there is going to be change and that they're going to be included in that journey along the way. Um, so I don't think that it's necessarily um, important to hang up your banner saying, we are now on the Baldridge journey. What I do think is important is that people understand that the organization is focused on becoming excellent. And that kind of changes everyone's mindset along the way. So there's that term focused again. And I, I want mm -hmm. to bring up something, Jennifer, that I'm going to actually ask you. So. Um, uh, we, from the standpoint of supporting this journey, have this a concept of a focused function. So mm -hmm. in other words, some aspect of the organization that is representative of what they have to do and can, uh, in a quick and sort of rapid, almost a pilot cycle, help the organization understand how leadership decision-making connects to frontline operations and that the organization can, through that, learn and start to, to build success. How... Jennifer, from your perspective, is that connected in terms of the mm -hmm. overall Boulder journey? Yeah, so it goes back to one of the questions we asked um, Alex on the last call was thinking about how, how does this connect back to the patient? So at the end of the day, what's the value that comes to the patient? Because this sounds, it sounds complicated. It, it is not necessarily super easy or else everybody would be doing it. We've been doing it for a long time. But if you think about when you bring it back to the patient, it's how do you make sure the patient's getting a better experience, right? How are they getting better access, more convenience for the care when they need it, the right care from the right people? How are they getting, you know, treated? What's their service look like? How are they being, um, how are they connecting with the people who are actually serving them in their careers through physicians, clinical, non-clinical people too, right? There's a lot of value in serving in that, that capacity of a career, um, whether it's you're greeting people at the front door, if you're helping prevent infections by cleaning the rooms, like there's all these different aspects behind what people do that brings a lot more value in, in terms of the mission behind healthcare. You know, even things around patients, it's kind of an interesting dynamic because we talk about length of stay. So when you talk about focus functions, we often relate that back to things like how do we focus on patient flow? Because when we think about 
length of stay, there's almost, a ne again, kind of a negative connotation to say, like, oh, you're trying to just get all the patients out. But that's actually not the case. You don't want patients to be in a hospital any longer than they need to be because it's one of the most dangerous places a patient can be. They're more likely to get infections. They're more likely to have a fall. They're missing work. Um, you know, if they're on a fixed income, they're going to have a longer, a higher bill from, be from staying in the hospital. We just don't want more than what they really need because there's other places they can have that care. So when we focus on things through a focused function, it's intended to say, how do we maximize value to our customer, to our patients at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. And when that comes down to it, you're giving them better quality, more efficient um, care, better service for them, and helping them to do what they need, when they need it, how they need it, with what makes the most sense for them personally and with their family. So Monica, if... If that's going on from the standpoint of a pilot, an example, how can that be then used effectively by, for example, you and Pat within these category work groups that are working on all these different aspects of the Baldrige? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you think about, you know, what you're trying to achieve and in, in the, in the um, performance excellence Baldrige world results, um, make up about 45% of the total score if we were to score an organization. Right. So it's very important. So one thing that we try to do is um, help organizations line up, you know, what are their strategic objectives um, at, you know, the highest level results that they want to achieve, and then help them unpack that across the organization. So a, a cascade that across the organization in a meaningful way, right. which links everything the organization is doing to achieving those strategic objectives. So, you know, if an organization has a strategic a strategic objective of, um, you know, I don't, um, let's say, you know, reducing um, tax, hospital acquired conditions by um, so many percent, or be in the top decile, or whatever their metric is, it has to be broken down. Um, through everyone's work to be meaningful at the front line. Right. So what does that mean? Um, so again, using the criteria, helping them see all the interconnectedness of it, how things relate from the front line and what they're doing to the strategies that the organization wants to so, achieve and integrating them. So just to summarize, because we're coming up on the end of our, our show, the iterative interaction between mm -hmm. uh, imparting the knowledge and scope of what the Baldrige framework is and therefore the opportunities for improvement with practical tools and processes and examples that are connecting to the front line and making sure that interaction is meaningful uh, helps to propel or accelerate the organization and the organizational performance journey. And that's really what Lee Health and Dr. Danishman was talking about in, in last week's radio show. Right, and the fact that they want to do it, you expedite it as quickly as they can do, but do it the right way. And he really, I mean, he seems to put this at the forefront. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they transform and how quickly some of these things start bearing fruit. One final thought around that. If we think about what gets people motivated, it's results. So yeah. it, it makes sense that results is one of the most important categories in terms of just the percentage of how you're evaluating. And it makes sense that it's something that intrinsically gets people excited to keep doing more when they start to see results. Absolutely. Monica Ray with Danu Performance Solutions, thank you so much for joining us. 
We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you it. for inviting me. This has been uh, a great conversation, and, you know, I just wish every organization would take this journey because it's amazing. Absolutely, and, you, and you're the person to lead us through it. We, we may have you back on, so we're going to keep your number. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> that sounds great. Perfect. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, and thanks for everyone for joining us on Leader Dialogue, brought to you by the SOAR Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation. We, of course, would love for you to listen to us live every Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern Time, but you can also listen anytime. Visit leaderdialogue.com slash podcast. On behalf of Ben and Jennifer and our producer, Trey, I'm Duffy Dixon. Thanks for joining us on Business Radio X.